cities spend big bucks on marketing campaigns. For example, a few years ago, the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, spent over $20 million marketing Philadelphia, PA. The motto? Philadelphia, the city that loves you back. (laughs) The only thing I've ever heard about Philadelphia is that it's not the city of brotherly love. I've actually heard that the only thing that grows in Philadelphia is the crime rate. I mean, how do you market a place like Philly? For that matter, how do you market a city like Detroit? (laughs) Pretty tough. Have you heard this one? How do you know you're in Detroit? When you come to a stoplight, you roll up your windows, lock your doors, and immediately call 911. How do you know that Michael Jackson is still alive? He's still registered to vote in Detroit. (laughs) Cities spend big bucks on marketing campaigns. Just ask us in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it works. At least it works in Fort Wayne. Why, for the 29th straight year, we have been named Tree City, USA. Just recently, the Indiana Audubon Society named Fort Wayne Bird Town, Indiana. And let's not forget all the recent improvements to downtown. Promenade Park, the Ash Building, and of course, of course, of course, Parkview Field, the number one minor league baseball stadium in the country. I recently came across another marketing campaign for another city. This is what it said. Free. Free was in big letters, bold, italicized, underlined, free, golden mansions in a golden city, 100% pure water, free transportation, beautiful music, perfect climate, immunity to all pandemics, no taxes, no hidden fees, No fine print. (laughs) Who could make an offer like that to a future like that, to a city like that? (laughs) Jesus. Jesus can and Jesus does. On this day of days, Resurrection 2020, We boldly confess that although Jesus was arrested, betrayed, tormented, and tortured, that although he was crucified, died, and buried, that although the whole ordeal was barbaric and ugly and vile, it was not the end. Good Friday was not the end. Far from it. Christ is alive. Death has no more dominion over him. Heaven's best took hell's worst and triumphed. The prince of darkness lost against the Lord of life. 
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. For the last two months, we've been making our way through the prophet Zechariah. And today we come to his last chapter, Zechariah chapter 14. And in chapter 14, because of the living Lord Jesus, Zechariah rolls out his marketing campaign for his favorite city, the new Jerusalem. The gift of heaven for all who believe in the shed blood and the empty tomb of Jesus. And we need it. We need to listen clearly and believe in this marketing campaign for this city of gold, the heavenly Jerusalem. You see, our greatest challenge is not the virus. Our greatest challenge is how we respond to the virus. And as people of the resurrection, we choose to respond to the virus, to the pandemic, to COVID-19. We choose to respond not with despair, not with hopeless resignation, not with great fear and anxiety. No, we choose to respond with hope, hope. And hope permeates Zechariah chapter 14. This is God's promise. Hope for heaven tomorrow changes how I live on earth today. That's it. Uh, That's what runs through this last chapter of the prophet Zechariah. Hope for heaven tomorrow changes how I live on earth today. Are you an elementary school child Hope gives you courage to learn from a tablet or a computer now. Are you in high school or college or graduate school? Hope, hope gives you resilience and courage and character now. Are you a parent trying to make sense of all of this? Hope Hope instills you with joy and a positive mental attitude. Now, are you over 60, feeling desperately alone, isolated from your children and grandchildren? Hope, hope for the future instills in you resilience and faith now. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired, sheltered in place? Hope, hope gives you the power to get up every day, out of your bed. Now, are you a pastor preaching to nobody in the pews? Yes, I am. Hope, biblical hope 
gives me joy and passion to preach to nobody here now. Hope, (laughs) hope for heaven tomorrow changes, radically changes during a pandemic, radically changes how I live on earth today. That's why Zachariah rolls out his marketing campaign for the new Jerusalem. He makes five points. Let's take a look. First, the hunger for the new Jerusalem. After telling us in verse 1 that this is the day of the Lord, in verse 2 of Zechariah 14, he quotes God as saying, I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem for battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half the city will go forth into exile. Zechariah envisions a marauding army coming and capturing, pillaging, ravaging, and exiling half the city. Now, this is a strange way to market a city. But this is exactly what the best marketers do. They paint a picture of the old, so we hunger for the new. They paint a picture of what is so wrong and so wretched So we hunger and thirst and long for what is new. And this is exactly what Zechariah is doing. For believers in Jesus, the pandemic increases our hunger and thirst for a different place, a different city. Perhaps you heard the story about a young five-year-old girl. She was spending the night for the first time with her best friend. It went well until the sun set. It got dark. She started getting really scared. Her friend's mother came up to her and said, Honey, are are you homesick? And with childhood innocence, the little girl said, No, I'm not homesick. I'm here sick. (laughs) That's us. We're here sick. We're sick of seeing the long lines of people just aching for food. We're sick of what this is doing to our relationships. We're sick of all the anxiety. We're sick, financially sick of seeing the stock market go up and down and all around. We are here sick of being lonely and isolated and frustrated. And that's Zachariah's point. As he begins this marvelous climactic chapter in his book. Here, 
here. We are sick. Always sick. Uh, You see, I'm but a stranger here. I don't belong finally here. I'm here sick because there's something better there. Oh my, infinitely better there. It's called the New Jerusalem. So to (laughs) begin this chapter, Zechariah invites us to have a hunger, a thirst for not here, but there. The New Jerusalem. The marketing campaign of this one-of-a-kind city continues. The fighter for the New Jerusalem. The next verse, Zechariah 14, 3. The Lord will go forth and fight. This begins in earnest in the Bible in Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. Yahweh Ishmael, comma, Yahweh Shemel, famous Hebrew line. Yahweh the Lord is a man of war. Yahweh the Lord is his name. God always fights for his people. The Lord will go forth and fight. He will fight for our entrance, our citizenship, our experience, our eternity in the new Jerusalem. And on this day of days, he is the fighter par excellence. Paul calls death the last enemy in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. And on Easter, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, went forth and fought death. Death lost, life won. Death is dead and life is triumphant. The Lord fights. He's the fighter for the new Jerusalem. In the fight, if he has to lay down his life, he will and he did. Is the coronavirus against you? Are your emotions against you? Does it feel like everything is against you? These are difficult days to be sure. But biblical hope, hope, Hope for tomorrow that that changes my life today. Biblical hope says the Lord fights for his people. These are unprecedented days in our lives. But God fights for you. You stuck in a daze and in a hopeless malaise. You stuck at home. Day after day, week after week, the Lord fights for you with the lost job and the lost paycheck. The Lord fights for you with the bad break and the bad attitude. Oh, Zechariah says, get a hunger, a thirst, a longing, and not for here, but there, for the new Jerusalem. And the new Jerusalem, God's going to fight for you. So you are a part of this one-of-a-kind city. 
the hunker, the fighter, the ruler. The ruler. The, the central message of Zechariah chapter 14, the central message of the entire book is right here. Verse 9. The Lord will be king. He will rule over the new Jerusalem. And as ruler and king over the new Jerusalem, what will he do? What policies will he implement? In Zechariah chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, it says, In this new Jerusalem there will be no more cold or frost, no more night only day. In this new Jerusalem, the king's policy, in verse 8 of Zechariah 14, will be living water throughout Jerusalem in winter and in summer. That means that there will be no more droughts, no more lack. Mayim, Kayim, Merushalayim, another famous Hebrew phrase, living water from Jerusalem. In chapter 14, verse 10, it says Jerusalem will be a city set on a hill. This is the ruler, the king of the new Jerusalem. My, does he have an awesome plan for the new city. He will be king over all. In fact, all is a word that appears 12 times in this last chapter of Zechariah. 12 times. You get it. 12 is the perfect number in the Bible. 12 tribes in Israel. 12 disciples for Jesus. 12. The Lord is king over all. All, 12 times in the last chapter, all indicates perfection. Perfect bodies, perfect eyesight, perfect knees, perfect hearing, perfect relationships, perfect joy, perfect delights, perfect happiness. The Lord is king. Revelation eleven fifteen. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. <laughs> we have the hunger, the fighter. We have the ruler of the new Jerusalem, where all things are new. Zechariah's marketing campaign continues. The builder of the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall dwell in security. A, a good builder always builds something that is secure. And God, as the builder of this new city, this golden city of light, builds it so people dwell in security. Security, that's, that's a big deal these days, right? And, and well, it should be. But a lot of people, myself included, are tempted to put security in these terms. I feel secure 
because I think I can beat the odds. After all, 98% of all people who are infected with COVID-19, 98%, they're okay after a little while. I like those odds. I like the odds that, that the younger I am, the, the better chance I have of not getting the virus. I like the odds that, that if I self-isolate, I, I'm much healthier than if I go party with someone on a beach in Florida. I like the odds if I wear gloves and masks as opposed to no gloves and no masks. I like the odds that if I'm in a rural setting, I'm much less likely to get the virus than being in an urban setting like New York, New York. It's tempting to say, that's where my security is now. My security, my absolute security is in beating the odds. Zechariah says, Zechariah promises that we can have ultimate security Definitive security, never actually in this world, but in the world to come. In this new Jerusalem, we will have absolute, total, 100% security. That's where our hope finally lies. Any of you remember that John Lennon song, Imagine? Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. That may be our temptation at about this point in the sermon. To be tempted to think all of this talk about this heavenly mansion, the new Jerusalem, the city of gold, all of this is just in our imagination. It's just a bunch of self-talk. It's just pie in the sky, sentimental Easter jargon. No, it's not. It's as real as the death and the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not some fable or fairy tale that we've made up inside our head. He's God the Son, and He's risen from the dead, and that means we have eternal security. Here, no, we're here sick. We have eternal security there in the new Jerusalem. Last point Zechariah makes as he rolls out this campaign for a beautiful city is the giver of the new Jerusalem. Who gives this? Who gives this freely, without charge, without cost? Who gives this to us? Fifteen times in Zechariah chapter 14, 15 times we have the word Lord. L-O-R-D in all caps, you know. Behind that is the Hebrew word Yahweh. What does Yahweh mean? Yahweh means life. (laughs) And on Easter, we know all about life. 
John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John eleven twenty five. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Lord of life who defeated death is the one who gives freely, freely all the gifts of an eternity in the new Jerusalem. He gives it regardless of your past, regardless of your race, regardless of your economic standing, regardless of your gender, regardless of your nationality. No, he gives and gives and gives to all who believe in the Lord and giver of life, Yahweh, the Lord of hosts. That's the giver. And he gives you this gift even again today. Recently, Americans were asked, what words, what phrases give you hope? How would you answer that question? Uh, What words, what phrases really instill hope in your life? Well, this is what people said. No big surprises. Oh, what gives Americans hope? I love you. I forgive you. (laughs) Supper's ready. (laughs) That's Zechariah chapter 14. God says, I love you to give you all of these gospel gifts. I forgive you past, present, and future. Supper's ready. (laughs) The new Jerusalem is the marriage feast, the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom where we will sing a deathless and endless hallelujah. Hope. Hope for heaven tomorrow changes, radically changes how I live on earth today. Do you see it? In the midst of all the chaos and pain and death and sickness and anxiety, We, you and I, as receivers of the new Jerusalem, we dare to live in hope. And what does that look like? It looks like this. We, the baptized believers, we, during this pandemic, we, because we have hope, we will blossom. We will be beautiful and we will flourish. Why? Zechariah floods us this day with resurrection hope. 